Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. COVID-19 vaccines for kids. Today, the Biden administration announced new details about its plan to roll out vaccines for children ages 5 to 11. And for the most part, the process won't look like it did for adults. Joining us now to discuss this and more is Sabrina Siddiqui, a White House reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Sabrina, welcome to Reset. Hi, thank you for having me. To start, Sabrina, can you tell us the details of this new plan? Yes, so the FDA and the CDC are in the process of weighing whether or not to approve a coronavirus vaccine manufactured by Pfizer for children ages 5 to 11. And it is expected that once, if and when approved, the vaccine could be available beginning in early November to children who have not yet had access to the vaccine. So the Biden administration is already making plans to make sure that if and when the vaccine is approved, it is quickly and widely accessible to parents Um, So what they're doing is they are preparing to distribute the vaccine once it's approved to more than 25,000 pediatricians and primary care offices, as well as at nationwide pharmacies and schools and community-based health clinics with a focus really on pediatricians and primary care doctors because those are the people that parents trust the most. So did they say from the White House what they're doing to increase parents' confidence in the vaccine? Is that the, uh, the leaning on the pediatricians? Reasoning? They are going to lean on pediatricians and doctors' offices. Uh, you know, there is also going to be, according to the administration, a national public education campaign. And for that, they're also going to partner with schools as well as state and local health departments, really trying to get inside of the communities themselves to increase confidence in the vaccine. Because it is true that some surveys show many parents of children who are in the 5 to 11 age group want to wait and see before vaccinating their children, and many of them have no plans to vaccinate their children at all. In fact, there was one poll published in September by the Kaiser Family Foundation showing that only 34% of parents um, of children ages 5 to 11 were willing to vaccinate their children right away. So that is definitely something the administration wants to tackle through this public public education campaign, and they're saying through pediatricians, schools, and other uh, local trusted messengers, they're going to try and make sure that parents have all the information that they need about the safety and the efficacy of the vaccine. And really, I think you'll see them emphasizing um, that the, in the clinical trials, the vaccine for children appeared to be safe, well-tolerated, mm-hmm. uh, didn't really have many serious side effects. And I, and I assume with it being so much more readily available, once it does come out, the hope and the intention there is that it will increase those numbers. Because 34%, that's not a lot. At all, You know, it's really not a lot, and this is an issue that the administration also ran into when the vaccine was approved for adolescents, so for children, I'm sorry, for, well, yes, children over the age of 12. Um, there, there were relatively lower rates of vaccination in that 12 to 16 and 12 to 18 age group. So it's something that they do have to overcome, but, they're, you know, it's, it's, it's mixed, to be sure. I mean, there's, there's definitely hesitancy among parents to vaccinate young children. But then at the same time, there are a lot of parents who have been waiting for this vaccine and very eager, especially as schools have reopened across the country. And we're seeing higher rates of hospitalization among children compared with earlier in the pandemic because the Delta variant is not only much more transmissible, but it's clearly 
um, been more impactful among children in terms of causing illness and disease. So you do also have some parents who've been really waiting for this vaccine and I think will be very eager um, to get their kids vaccinated, especially to keep them in school. So based on what you've been learning through your reporting, Sabrina, are we better set up this time around to distribute vaccines? Yes, I, you know, I do think so. Well, there's, you know, it's hard to predict demand, as we've been saying. This is not necessarily going to be a situation you had early in the pandemic where there was just skyrocketing demand and not enough supply of the vaccine. Um, but also the administration has been planning ahead. So they already have actually bought 65 million doses of the pediatric coronavirus vaccine, and they're ready to ship, I think, 15 million doses in the initial days after it's authorized. Um, they've already been talking to state and local officials about how to distribute the vaccine. Um, they're trying to send it in smaller batches so that, you know, there won't be problems storing the vaccine. And um, they're going to also send all the supplies that are necessary in order to administer the vaccine. So there's definitely been a lot more, I think, planning early on um, to make sure this process goes smoothly. And, you know, also another reason why they're trying to do this at primary care offices, pharmacies, pediatricians' offices, is they know that it's going to be a lot harder for parents to stand in line with their children at those mass vaccination sites that were right. used to vaccinate adults. They want this to be as seamless of a process as possible. And, you know, a lot of the supply chain issues that we saw early in the pandemic have been addressed at this stage. So they're not expecting there to be, you know, any significant backlog or, you know, it to be really tough for people to get appointments. Did the White House address uh, vaccine requirements for kids? So whether they'll start being required by by schools in other public spaces? You know, that's a really good question because that's been a very, um, you know, heated topic when they, or a source of debate. Right. Uh, I, you know, the administration is not planning to itself, um, you know, issue any kind of vaccine requirement for children. They are leaving that decision up to state and local officials. And in most cases... Um, even at the state level, there have not really been vaccination requirements for children. I think the state of California is one of the only ones that is moving toward, you know, a vaccine mandate for schools. Um, it, it was the first uh, state in the nation to require uh, vaccines for 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 uh, K through 12 mm-hmm. schools. Um, but but that too, I think, you know, a lot of other you know, states across the country are really going to leave it up to individual schools and the school districts to make that choice. And my, you know, my, just based on my reporting, I think it was, this is something that will remain voluntary uh, simply because when it comes to children and adolescents, those who are under the age of of 18, even legally, it would be very difficult. Um, Although there are many other vaccines to be sure that are required in schools, with, with this particular vaccine, I think they, they don't want to go down that path and perhaps face a lot of legal obstacles in the process. The CDC and the FDA haven't authorized the decision yet. When can we expect to get word from them? So, you know, it's going to probably unfold very quickly. Uh, the FDA, there's a panel of outside experts who are scheduled to review the data on the vaccine for children on Tuesday uh, of next week. And, you know, obviously that does not have to follow the group's recommendation. It's a panel of outside experts, but they typically do. That's how the process unfolded for um, the COVID vaccine for adults and adolescents. And then the CDC has its own advisory committee that's going to meet November 2nd and 3rd to consider the vaccine. So I think once you get that approval from the FDA, which could come, 
uh, it could come as early as next week. Um, and then the CDC has its own meeting, you know, as, as mentioned, November 2nd, 3rd. Mm-hmm. I think we're looking at really, you know, a decision coming in the very, first, in the very early days of November. Is there a possibility at all that the FDA doesn't approve the vaccine? You know, it's it's unlikely. Um, I think this is something that's been widely expected. Of course, there's always a chance, and they're going to have to review the clinical trial data that Pfizer has prevent, presented to the FDA. Earlier this month, Pfizer did submit its application for emergency authorization. Um, you know, they the, because they have shown in their trials that children ages 5 to 11 really do generate a robust immune response. And I think more importantly, there are actually fewer side effects among younger children compared with um, 16 to 25-year-olds and adults. Uh, It would be hard to believe that given that data, they wouldn't approve the vaccine. We've gotten pretty positive signs from federal regulators so far. And even if you look at the administration already laying the groundwork here, already making these plans, it signals that they're pretty confident that this is going to be approved. And so remind us again, Sabrina, how soon can parents be able to get their kids a shot? Well, we're looking at early November. I think, uh, you know, if and when this is approved, the expectation is, you know, as of the first week of November, most likely the vaccine will probably become a, start becoming available. Now I want to bring another voice to this conversation. So joining us now is Dr. Daniel Johnson. He's Chief of Pediatric Infectious Diseases at UChicago Medicine Comer Children's Hospital. Dr. Johnson, welcome to Reset. Thanks for having me. When it comes to vaccination, doctor, do kids have different needs than adults? Uh, When it comes to COVID vaccination, their needs are the same. Uh, In order to be best protected from uh, getting uh, COVID or getting sick from COVID, uh, there's huge value to being vaccinated. Given that, what, what do you make of Biden's plan then to vaccinate young children? Well, I'm very excited that there is such an organized approach. I can already tell you that based on uh, my interactions with public health, uh, they're doing a great job of getting all of us ready uh, to start vaccinating kids in the ages of 5 through 11. Uh, there's been a lot of preparation going on, and I'm very optimistic that as soon as there's approval from the FDA, that we will be able to get vaccine quickly uh, and begin to put it into kids' arms in order to give them the best protection that's available. You said you were impressed with the organized approach. Does that make you uh, confident at all in, in us sort of being able to turn the corner on the number of parents who are sort of projecting to get their kids vaccinated. You were listening along to my conversation with Sabrina, where she said it was only at 34% right now. Yes. And of course, I would like to see that number higher. Uh, There is good news coming out of the Kaiser Family Foundation where they looked at where parents were at back in July. And it was only around 25% that said that they would uh, immediately want their kids vaccinated. And now that's up to uh, the number that you specified, around 34%. Uh, so the number is rising, and I'm optimistic that when the vaccine comes out, after we've all looked at the data and uh, heard the information, that the number of uh, parents who want their kids vaccinated will rise further. 
you know, if we look at a desire to get life back to what was pre-pandemic normal, the route to achieving that is through vaccination. Uh, so that this way we can reduce the risk of harm to our children uh, as well as to adults. Uh, so uh, it makes good sense that as information comes out, uh, more and more people will want to get their kids vaccinated. What do you see as the top priorities for the Biden administration to, to make sure that the rollout is a success? Well, education and engagement is always the most important steps. Uh, parents, of course, know uh, well their children uh, and what they want is information so that, that way they can make decisions. And that is, I think, the most important thing. Uh, the second is ensuring that the vaccine goes to uh, providers uh, so that that way they can uh, respond to what parents want. Uh, and this is the approach of the plan. Uh, so it's about education, engagement, the sharing of information, and then the delivery of product vaccine so that that way uh, children can respond accordingly. We know that one of the best ways to uh, get children vaccinated uh, is through that type of plan. Now, of course, you've also talked a little bit about uh, mandatory requirements. And California has moved forward with that already. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me if there would be other states that would head in that direction. Uh, that will help with uh, getting those that are less certain uh, about vaccination moved forward. Uh, but I expect that at the outset here, it's going to be a decision made by uh, parents uh, and uh, the child. Uh, we need to make sure that people have the information so they can make that decision. Dr. Johnson, what are some of the most common questions that you get from parents about vaccines? That's a great question. And uh, all of those questions are coming from a good place, uh, which is wanting to know what's going to be best for their child. So generally speaking, the first question I get is, can we know, uh, since this is a relatively new vaccine, uh, how children are going to respond to it? Uh, and the answer to that question is we can't always predict the future. Uh, but we have an immense amount of experience with vaccines. Uh, and the track record with vaccines is amazingly good. Uh, and this is a vaccine that has been followed since its debut more closely than any vaccine in history. We have accumulated more information about this vaccine than any other vaccine. Uh, and that information has been so reassuring. So I expect that there's uh, the same outcome for children age 5 to 11 as we've seen with uh, children uh, and adults 12 and above, that compared to getting COVID, this vaccine is immensely safer. It reduces risk of harm. And as a consequence, um, children should get vaccinated. Any particular myths out there about the vaccine for kids that you want to address? There will always be myths. Uh, that's the society in which we live. 
what I can say is, is that the top of mind myth that parents come to me with is, will this affect my child's ability to have children in the future? Will this affect their fertility, both for boys and girls? Uh, and the mm-hmm. answer is that there's no data whatsoever to suggest that there's any risk of harm to uh, children uh, or adults uh, from getting this vaccine. And in fact, uh, just the opposite. It actually improves their chances of their ability to be able to have children because it reduces complications that pregnant uh, individuals have uh, if they get COVID while pregnant. So this vaccine will actually reduce the the risk of harm to the unborn, and, and it will improve the chance of women carrying to term. Serious COVID cases among kids are still rare, doctor, but we did see COVID-19 infections rise among children amid the Delta surge. What have capacity and, and cases looked like at pediatric ERs? Well, you're right. We're seeing more uh, children coming in uh, and being evaluated for COVID. Uh, and this is because the Delta variant is more contagious. Uh, also, uh, if we look at who's been vaccinated and who hasn't, uh, of course, it's children, uh, particularly below the age of 12, who have not been vaccinated. So they are more likely to, to get COVID. Uh, the good news is that we're still seeing that by and large, when children get COVID, uh, their symptoms are uh, relatively mild. However, 1% uh, to 2% of children who get COVID get hospitalized. If there's been four and a half million children who have get vaccinated, rather who have gotten COVID, uh, that translates uh, into a huge number uh, of children being hospitalized with COVID. Uh, and in addition, we have to look at the risk of what are called long haulers, uh, children who get COVID and then have long-term symptoms right. for weeks or months. Uh, and that looks to be somewhere in the range of four to eight percent. So again, a huge number of children. So thankfully, rarely do children die from uh, COVID. It's been a, somewhere in the range of around 500 who, who have died from COVID. Uh, but look at the numbers then uh, who get hospitalized. We're talking thousands. Uh, look at the number of children uh, who have had long hauler sy- symptoms. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking tens of thousands. Uh, and so it does make sense to vaccinate these young children. Well, that is Dr. Daniel Johnson. He's chief of pediatric infectious diseases at UChicago Medicine Homer Children's Hospital. Dr. Johnson, thank you so much. My pleasure. Well, that's it for today's Reset. For more of our interviews, subscribe to this podcast. And please, give us a rating. It helps other listeners find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. 
Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.